0: Welcome. My name is Stephanie Hansen. I'm a Douglas County uh, Court Judge and your current Omaha Bar Association President. As such, I officially call this meeting to order. On behalf of the Bar Association, I welcome each and every one of you to the 2022 Omaha Law Day Lunch. We are so excited to be back in person after two years of of either not having one or, or doing it online, so we're very excited and are happy to welcome you all in person here today. Law Day is a chance for the legal community to come together to celebrate the good works of those in the legal profession and to remember the importance of the rule of law in our society and our daily work, and to reach out to the young people in our community our future lawyers, judges, and legal professionals. Thank you all for being a part of Law Day and inspiring the young people that are here today. I am now going to turn it over to Doug Law, our Law Day co-chair.
1: For those of you that have not met me, my name is Doug Law. I'm an energy lawyer with Black Hills Energy. I'm one of the co-chairs for the Law Day, Omaha Law Day, for the 2022. Um, Unfortunately, our other co-chair, John Manacucci, uh, was called to duty by his employer, and as happens from time to time, as lawyers know, and so he he can't be with us today. So I'm filling in for some of what for what his is. First of all, I'd like to say it's glad to see everybody in person again. You know, we haven't had this event in live uh, for a couple of years, so you know it's also good to see your smiling faces. And for those of you who are comfortable and want to guard against the next um, variant of COVID, you know, feel free to do so at your at your at your um, at your own protection. And so. You know, when you don't have Law Day for a couple of years, you you just look around and you see what happens. We all hell breaks loose in the world. (laughs) If you think about it, in 1959, when they started Law Day in America, the whole purpose was to confront the aggression of the Soviet Union and the expansion of communism. So when you look around the world events today and you see in uh, 2022, you know, we're still confronting the expansion of communism we're looking at Russia invading Ukraine and maybe eyeing others, other countries. So, you know, it the purpose of why La Day was started at the very beginning is still relevant today. This year's La Day theme is toward a more perfect union, the constitution in times of change. So this is the day that America sets out to celebrate La Day and we enjoy the blessings of our Constitution. And after we're done here today, I hope everybody in our legal community will go out and try to make this a more perfect place to live. So, uh, as you can see on our program, we have several different awards and contest winners to to uh, recognize and and give them an award today. Uh, So if you haven't been, since we haven't had this for a couple of years, I thought it might be appropriate to have a couple of ground rules as we go through the presentations. First of all, it's it's, it's unfortunate that John Menacucci isn't here because uh, you might know he's losing some of his hair, but he wanted me to inform us that there will be no ball jokes again this year. So that ball is out. So rule number one, no ball jokes. Secondly, for our fifth grade and eighth grade contest winners or for those of you who have never been to one of our La Day luncheons, if you think this La Day luncheon is like the Academy Awards and you can act like Will Smith and let me strongly advise you against it... Because I, I can almost guarantee if you slap a judge, you will not pass go, you will not receive $200, and you'll probably go straight to jail. So, and besides that, if you think about it, the ripple effect that sort of a slap would have in a room full of lawyers. I mean, there's just how many lawsuits would that start? And then I know that uh, we don't want any sort of, we don't want anyone to engage in a slip and fall with the shower business cards that may be coming up from the plaintiff and the defense bars uh, due to that. So keep your, second rule is no slapping. So for those of you who've been here before, you know that we have a lot of clapping and award presentations. Um, and but we need to also have very keep it moving so that we can get through everything today. So as if you're an award presenter or award recipient, we want to honor and um, you know recognize your achievements and your talents and your success and services. And for the rest of us, what we want you to do is warm up your hands for a lot of clapping. So rule number three is a lot of clapping. Still no slapping, but let's keep it moving. Finally, on rule number four, let's have fun. I mean, this day is a day for celebration. It's a day for fun. It's a time when we recognize the blessings that we have here in America. We can, we can just turn on our TV uh, screens and just see how other countries don't enjoy the same types of freedoms that our Constitution provides to us. We know that communism isn't going away, but then again, neither are we. We'd also like to do a special thank you uh, to the Daily Record and Jason Huff for their work on producing the Law Day edition of the uh, for the Daily Record. And each year I say this, but I mean it. If you haven't read those in the past, you should read this year's and go through it because there's always a, a number of articles that are right on point with our Law Day theme. And just want to remind all the lawyers in the room that you can get an hour of CLE today before by attending. So if you haven't signed in, make sure you do so. And secondly, if you have some partners back at your uh, at your workplace that uh, couldn't make it today, uh, but would like to get some CLE, you remind them they can go online and look at that and get it there. And if you're a member, it's free. If you're non-member, it's only ten dollars. So take advantage of that. So here's the part where I would normally turn over the award presentation to John Manacucci. So he can't make it, so we're going to start with our awards here. And you guys can please continue eating, and we'll just kind of move through this uh, one by one. First of all, um, a couple of events that we normally do, which we were unable to do, is the mock trial. We normally set this up for, uh, for fourth and fifth graders, but... You know, for the third year in a row, third year in a row, we weren't able to conduct a mock trial. Um, But we normally get, you know, a, a, a prominent lawyer and a prominent defense lawyer and then a judge to go to the federal courthouse. And in the past, we've had, you know, such hard hitting trials like Humpty Dumpty and the King Humpty Dumpty versus the King and his men and Goldilocks and the Three Bearers, and so some of the mock trials that you can get uh, for Law Day, you know, we've done those at the at the Federal Courthouse, and we hope to do that again uh, next year. The second program that has been paused for the last two or three years is the uh, Lawyers in the Classroom Project, and in, in part, we've paused it because it, of you know, COVID, and then the schools really didn't want people coming in from the outside, but um, we have, uh, we do have some uh, books that we had obtained for the 19th Amendment in the Constitution, which uh, Judge Smithkamp had, had had promoted and sponsored uh, when she was still with us. And we plan on going forward with that and then also looking for some additional books that we're going to look at so that when the lawyers actually go back out into the classrooms that we'll have some, some books to take with them and, and, and that's going to be working toward next year to get back into the classrooms. So at this point we're going to start with the um, poster contest winners and with that i'd like to introduce andrea bell who's going to do the presentations
2: thank you can everybody hear me i'm kind of short (laughs) well this year the, the the poster contest was open to fifth graders across the omaha metro area and we had several entries. Um, I'm with the Nebraska Paralegal Association, and we've been partnering with the um, Omaha Bar Association for many years for the Law Day Poster Contest, and we were very excited to do it again this year. This year's theme um, went along with the um, Working Toward a More Perfect Union the Constitution and times have changed, so the, the fifth graders had to use their creativity to kind of show how that has transpired since the, you know, inception of our Constitution. And um, they did an awesome job. It was really hard to kind of pinpoint the winners, and so I want to give a thank you to our judges from Barrett Home, Q Tech Rock, and Burlington Capital for taking their time out from their day to pick up our top three poster winners. The prizes this year are $125 and a one-year family membership to the Durham Museum for first place, including having their poster displayed on a billboard near 84th and L Street. Second place will receive $100, and third place gets $75. So like you said, when we announce our winners, we want them to come up and have their picture taken, and they kind of hang tight for a group picture after everyone has received their prize. We'll start with our third place winner. Bella Nessel wrote of Saint Bernadette and her teacher Larry Anderson. Second place winner is Shreya Alam of Black Elk Elementary and her teacher Kelly Randalls Coleman. And finally, our first place winner is Elliot Hinkle of Anchor Point Elementary and his teacher Kathleen Canyon. <laughs> hey, okay. A big congratulations to all our winners and we look forward to next year.
1: Thank you, Andrea. Um, before we get into the essay contest, I just noticed that we got uh, our, in ne- Nebraska State Bar President Bill Mueller and Liz Neely, our Executive Director of State Bar, and I just wanna give them a shout out. We, we, we appreciate the Omaha Bar having a great relationship with that organization, so can we give those two a round of applause please? All right, here we are with our essay contest winners. Uh, once again, we hold a citywide essay contest for eighth grade students, asking them to write a short essay on this year's Law Day topic. So, thank you to Scott Stewart and Dave Summers for coordinating the contest this year, and Jeff Uh, Uishin, uh for leading the judging of the essays. And our th- when I announce you with our three essay contest winners, please come forward. First of all, our third-place winner is Cooper Towles of Cody Redfield's Classroom at La Vista Middle School. Cooper's parents, Jamie and Susan, are both here today, so Cooper will receive $125 for his third-place finish. Our second-place winner is Anurag Ganti of Kiwit Middle School. As so it happens, Anurag is a student of Rebecca Begley, our special guest speaker today, and Anurag's mother, Dr. Kiti 10 I'm sorry, 10 to, to Carr is with us today. Anurag will receive a check from OBA for $150 for a second place. And would, would Anurag or his parents please come up? And our first place uh, winner for the 8th grade contest goes to Maggie Novick, also a student at Cody Redford's class in La Vista Middle School, Middle School. Maggie's parents Grant and Katie Novick are here with us today. Maggie is the recipient of $175 dollars for her first place finish and would you please come up and accept your award. And we have all three essays available to read uh, on the poster near the registration table and uh, on the OBA's website so and we would encourage each of you to go out and, and read those throughout the work week. So if you please just give a round of applause for all of our winners on the essay. <laughs> so next up we have our public service uh, awards. and. Uh, and Ann, Ann is going to uh, first start with the presentation for the, uh, the, the Douglas County Law Library.
3: Thank you, Doug. Really quick, um, Dave said jokes are appreciated. Well, the jokes on Dave are not very funny. So uh, thank you for inviting me. Um, the award for the Omaha Bar Association's Public Service Award is presented to a non-attorney individual or organization, and this year they've chosen to do both. Um, They are giving the award honoring the Douglas County Law Library as well as Lynn Morton, who is the librarian at the Douglas County Law Library. So um, the Douglas County Law Library, officially the Honorable Michael W. Amdor, Memorial Law Library, is kind of a fitting award today also because Judge Amdor, um, when he was with us, was a big supporter of research, a big supporter of the library, and um, we were very thankful for having him there. So a little history, 1905 until 1911, Creighton Law shared the library arrangement with the Omaha Bar Association and the Douglas County Law Library. Then in 1911... They made a little change. The Douglas County Law Library was, by county board resolution, adopted as the Douglas County Law Library. Creighton broke off and and did their own thing. And then in 1979, the library was established in the courthouse in some renovated space, open to the public, um, and has been in the courthouse since then. Then in 2002, the library moved to the new space at and was rededicated as the Michael W. Amdor Memorial Law Library. At that time, access to electronic resources were um, more fully developed, and it was made available to patrons and attorneys. So through those years of growth and change, um, the library has adapted to that transition to electronic research and resources and to the changing way that um, attorneys did research and use that library. So um, those electronic resources were then made available to the patrons, and significant change was the makeup of those patrons, where we had um, increasingly more public seeking information about the law and the resources and educating themselves about the law and our justice system. So those changes um, in the library provided the judiciary and attorneys access to databases of information that were much larger than were ever available in print, the way the library started. So the law library and Ms. Lynn Morton do represent the theme of law day today, which is toward a more perfect union, the constitution of times of change. Is that correct or is that from something else? by providing the public with relevant access to the law that governs a free society through these times of change. So the award highlights the library's work to enhance public knowledge of the law and the legal system. It provides service to the community for purposes other than um, pecuniary profit and obviously a long-term commitment to the enhancement of the public's knowledge of the law for 100 years. So Lynn Morton is really the face of the library today, and she directs people where to find resources they're searching for in print and online. She answers questions about procedures. She helps patrons find their way around the complex. She brings a wealth of institutional knowledge about where to direct patrons for specific information, assistance with legal questions. Um, She's truly deserving of the honor of the award. And... It's important to note that the library and Lynn are only able to provide that access to the courts. Um, One of the hallmarks of our free society is that access with the full support and vision of the many partners, many partners who support that library, the Bar Association, the District Court and Court Administration, the Nebraska Judicial Branch, the Creighton Law Library, and many other collaborative partners. And finally, I do want to mention that the Douglas County and Douglas County Commissioners support that library. Um, just recently, they passed a resolution sponsored um, by, by Commissioner Kavanaugh, and that resolution talked about the library's dedication to serving the Constitution, providing access to the court throughout over 100 years of change, and that the county board and the commissioners are committed to looking forward to a continued renovation, technology advancements, and all of the things that will continue to uphold the Constitution for patrons for the next century. So it's a fitting award for the library and for Ms. Lynn Morton for the public service provided every day educating patrons about the law. So I would like to congratulate Lynn and the law library and ask Lynn Morton and if Commissioner Kavanaugh would come up and accept the award.
4: Well, hello, everybody. I'm Dave Summers, Executive Director of the Omaha Bar Association. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, For those of you who know me, I don't like to get up and talk at these things. So this is out of the ordinary. But when the Public Service Committee chose Steve and Scott for the Spire Award, I, I knew I had to get up and say some words. Um, I'm not going to bust their chops too much, but um, but I've worked with them for ten years, and so I uh, I'm getting outside my my comfort zone here uh, talking in front of you all. I should say before we go any further, this is the event planning. Our ethics seminar is happening this year. It's online, two hours free CLE. We'll post it around June June second. I'll send you all an email. You'll get an email. It'll be on the website. It'll be there all year. Don't worry. Your free ethics CLE is coming. Okay? All right. One of the main reasons that we're giving um, this award to both Scott and Steve is because of the ethics seminar that has now been going on for 16 years. Um, it's a two-hour free ethics CLE for OBA members. It's one of the many uh, combinations between Creighton Law School and Omaha Bar Association that go back to the founding of Creighton Law School. Um, for those of you who don't, you don't know, we are housed in Creighton Law School. Um, so Donna's email address is, is still a, a creighton.edu email address. Um, so we have a close connection with the university, and this is one of those, one of those connections. Um, so Steve's batting um, leadoff, like he does in the ethics seminar, right? Um, he's always the first one up, uh, for the most part for the ethics seminar. So we're going to give him first, first crack here today. You know, when I, um, when I talked to Scott about Steve, it was all good. Um, he, he said, it's really tough to do that meat and potatoes first, um, first part of the ethics seminar. That's, you know, that's a, that's a tough ask, but Steve does a great job of, um, presenting some really black letter law, um, ethics for us every year. Um I talked to Pat Borchers, and um, we talked a bit about why he hired Steve. And he said, Well, you know, we were in a pinch and we needed somebody quickly, so we signed him to a one-year contract. <laughs> but then he continued and he said, turned out to be an excellent, excellent thing for the university because he is such a great teacher. And and he said that extremely emphatically: great teacher and uh i have to say i've learned as well what a great teacher he's been over the years um, working with him on the ethics seminar he he always brings a level of curiosity and um deep diving into ethics which is saying a lot sometimes um and he, he brings us all along with him so uh I, I he's he's great at that he's a very kind individual i've gotten to know him on a personal level. But he's also a great writer, Um, and that's one thing that really surprised me. Steve has two books out. He's got a third one on the way. He is uh, a a phenomenal writer. So if you haven't, um, check out Steve Severson, the author. Um, So with that, I just want to say we are so honored and proud for Steve Severson to be our 2022 Robert M. Spire Public Service Award recipient. And Steve, if you could come on up and
5: say a few words. Well thanks, Dave. Uh, I don't think I deserve this award, but it looks really nice, so I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, I just want to say two things, or three maybe. First of all, it's been a pleasure really working on these ethics seminars. and I owe so much to Dave and to Scott Paul, who I think do most of the work. I just kind of come along for the ride sometimes. Uh, The second thing I'd like to say is uh, Creighton Law School, I know our dean is here, but I'm going to take take it on myself to speak for Creighton Law School. We are so happy with the ongoing relationship that we have with the Omaha Bar Association. It's nice to see them in our building every day. It's nice to work with the Bar Association. and, And we think of that symbiotic relationship as being a real enhancement to what we are trying to do at Creighton Law School. Uh, the third thing is, uh, when I heard that this session was going to get one hour of continuing legal education credit, I thought I probably should say something about the black letter of the uh, ethics rules. So. I'm going to mention two of the rules of ethics in particular, 1.6 and 1.7. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. Um, Our
4: second Robert M. Spire Public Service Award recipient is Scott Paul, or J. Scott Paul, as I have called him over the years um, (laughs) before talking to him. Just recently, and finding out that most people just call him Scott.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Scott is a former OBA president, and when I came into my role, I, about the third day, I sat down with Donna Burkeby, and I said, all right, tell me about all the past presidents you've worked with. Give, give me the dirt. Tell me what's going on with them. And she went through the list, and she got to Scott, and her eyes widened a bit, and she said, very, very... Um, In a reverent tone, she said, he's an incredibly smart and kind person, such a strategic thinker in adding that CLE, he's also very meticulous about the OBA budget. (laughs) Scott, I don't know if there's higher praise than that from Donna. Um, I can say without a doubt, Donna's assessment was spot on. Um, In working with Scott over the past decade, uh, I've been shown what it's like to be cool, common, collected all the time. I've uh, I've also seen what it is to be working incredibly hard to keep something going and building it, like the ethics seminar. Um, I did some quick math, and I came to a number of 10,000 hours of ethics instruction that's been given over the 16 years of this seminar, and that's, that's a pretty big number um, to say that we've been Putting on 10,000 hours for, for local attorneys and judges. Um, you know, not to rest on his laurels after becoming OBA president and doing this great ethics seminar, he um, took his talents to the NSBA, uh, worked with Liz Neely on, on institutionalizing the Health in- Insurance Consortium, and uh, negotiating NSBA's ongoing lease with the NSBA Foundation building. Um, Scott, as the fiduciary again, always watching the budget and thinking strategically during his year as state bar president and leaving the bar in a better state than it was when he started. That's Scott. Um, It's been an honor to work with such a steadfast bar leader, Scott, and it's my pleasure to welcome up Scott Paul, the 2022 Robert M. Spire Public Service Award recipient. I have just a few comments. First of
6: all, they say brevity is the soul of wit, so I'm going to be brief. Um, also, please, I'm going to recognize a number of people in my remarks here. Please hold your, your uh, applause until the end because I don't want you clapping all the time. your <laughs> First of all, my congratulations to the other award winners. They're, it's well deserved. Glad to see that they're being recognized. I'd like to thank McGrath North, my, my law firm, for their support. At our table today is Mark Ennenbach, Matt Monroe, Bob Mullen, Terry McNamara is here somewhere. So I appreciate them be, being here to support the cause. Uh, two people that are on the team that you've met, uh, I couldn't do this without our uh, Steve Seberson and Dave Summers. Uh, we I liken us to be the three-legged stool and each one of us has a role to play. And like I said, I couldn't do it without them. So much appreciation to them. In the same token, much appreciation to Omaha Bar Association and Creighton University. When Dave interviewed me for this uh, this uh, presentation, one of the things that uh, he asked me about was you know, when we worked in the spaceship, and we used to do our seminar in the spaceship at Creighton Law School. And I refer to that as kind of the rinky dink, not to demean the Creighton Law School or the spaceship at all, but we moved into the Harper Center, and when we moved into the Harper Center, it was a much nicer facility, and it really took us to another level. And I think we were averaging something around 350 people lawyers for our our seminar when we're in the harper center so it's a great deal we've had a number of guest speakers that i'd like to uh to thank as well i won't list them all here but just to give you some idea we've had the chief justice of the eighth circuit court of appeals bill Riley, spoke at our seminar uh the uh, chief justice of the iowa supreme court mark Cady, god rest his soul spoke twice in our seminar and uh mike uh Kevakin, Chief Justice of Nebraska Supreme Court, has spoken at our seminar as well. I would be certainly remiss, though, if I didn't thank each of the attendees that attended our seminar. I mean, they're they're taking two hours out of their Friday afternoons in in the month of April. Usually, it's nice weather out to uh, attend this seminar, and we really appreciate the support of the Bar Association that comes out. and, and We do this seminar for you. We're glad you like it. We hope you like it and we hope we can do it a lot longer into the future. Uh, I would like to thank my my three kids, Kyle, Bridget, and Sean, for being here. I appreciate that. And last but not least, um, I, I want to thank Mary Pat, my wife, for her love and support, her attendance at maybe 13 out of the 16 seminars. So she's not even a lawyer, and she goes... Home. <laughs> so it's truly an honor to have my name mentioned with Bob Spire, and I, I truly appreciate that. Nobody knows better than Amy. Than uh, what a man of integrity he was. He was former OBA president, former state bar president, former attorney general, former, former CPA, musician, just a true renaissance man. And to have my name associated with Bob Spire is a true honor. So thank you very much.
7: Um, good afternoon. I am so happy to see all of you in person. Um, it's been a really long time. Uh, my name is Jennifer Peterson, and I served as OBA president in 2012 and 2013. In late 2020, we lost one of our very best, a trailblazer, a leader, a mentor, and a friend, Judge Laurie Smithkamp. I'm sure that most of the attorneys in this room have their own personal stories about meeting Judge Smith Camp. She made a point to meaningfully connect with as many attorneys as possible, young and old. Judge Smithcamp's impact on the local legal community cannot be overstated. Her leadership, grace, judicial philosophy have carved out a legacy that will never be forgotten. In 2021, in consultation with her children, Jonathan and Abby, the Omaha Bar Association created the Lori Smithkamp Integrity and Service Award, to be presented annually at our Law Day lunch. For those who remember, Judge Smithkamp was a strong supporter of Law Day, rarely, if ever, missing the lunch, and she was a keynote speaker of the event in 2008. Through this award, we hope to recognize those who, like Judge Smithkamp, have left their mark on the world in such a positive and meaningful way. The award criteria are listed as for outstanding contribution above and beyond the call of duty related to advancing diversity and inclusion, improving access to justice, providing pro bono service, mentoring to others, advancing innovation in the legal profession, and or serving and representing the legal community. The 2021 recipient of the award was Judy Kibash, Executive Director of the Nebraska Commission on Indian Affairs, and I highly recommend, if you haven't done so already, to watch Judy's interview and acceptance remarks from last year's Virtual Day Lunch. I am humbled and honored to introduce the 2022 Lori Smith Camp Integrity and Service Award recipient, Deborah R. Gilk. I need to tell you a little bit about Deb before we get to honor her. So, we have more. Deb was born and raised in Omaha. And she is a graduate of the University of Nebraska College of Law, where she was a classmate of Judge Smith Camp. She practiced law in western Nebraska for 25 years and served 16 years as a county attorney for Keith County and many appointments as a special county attorney or special prosecutor in over a dozen other counties in Nebraska. Returning to Omaha, Deb went into private practice with Monica Krueger and Andrea, but the prosecution appointments continued. In 2009, Deb was appointed by President Obama to serve as a U.S. attorney for the District of Nebraska and was confirmed by the Senate. Upon her investiture, Deb became the first woman to serve as a U.S. attorney for the District of Nebraska. She served as a U.S. attorney until 2017. Since then, as those who know you, Deb Deb has stayed extremely busy. She teaches trial advocacy at the Arizona State University, Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law, is the founder of Fearless, Fierce, and Forward, a company that helps provide women empowerment training in the areas of gender pay parity, negotiation skills, and professional development. Deb is a past OBA executive council member, a former speaker at our annual Law Day Lunch, She's a current National Association of Former U.S. States uh, States Attorneys, United States Attorneys, a Neutral Arbitrator for FINRA. Something that may not be so surprising to those of you who know her is that Deb has received a number of public service awards, including awards from the University of Nebraska College of Law, the Nebraska State Bar Association, the Nebraska Association of County Officials, and the Nebraska State Patrol. In selecting Deb Gilg for this award, we've not only found someone who meets the criteria bearing the name of Lori Smith Camp, but also someone who was considered to be a close friend. Please join me in congratulating Deborah R. Gilg in receiving the Lori Smith Camp Integrity and Service Award.
8: Good afternoon, everybody. Um, Oh, but that I wish I looked like that anymore. Um, The pandemic has not been kind to me, so I. I kind of consider myself the pandemic panda. Um, I would also say um, I am also happy that we are not doing bald jokes because uh, were I as a speaker to do a bald joke, I'm afraid that there's too many defense counsel out there when I was a prosecutor that would love to come up and give me a slap, so I'm really glad we're not doing that. I want to thank the Omaha Bar Association uh, for giving me this award. I, I want to point out some people that have been pivotal in my life, and they're they're sitting at my table. First and foremost, my husband of four to six years, Dan Gilg, who was also a law school classmate of Lori Smith Camp, Dan. Also, um, my partner in crimes at times, but most of all, my consigliere, uh, Attorney Judy Schweikert, also at my table. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Garcia Hine, many of you know Laura Garcia Hine. She is the federal court interpreter. She's also an attorney, and she's La Costa Riquena. Um, so thank you for coming, and and she was very dear to Lori. Um, my former law partners, Monica Kruger and Ann Troyer, are sitting at my table. My um, non-lawyer friends that braved coming out to this group with all the lawyers, but because of Lori, I met Sella Quinn, and Sella Quinn is a dear friend. She's sitting at my table, and uh, this surprises no one who knows Sella, but she's in the nice green outfit, uh, very bright, and stands out. Through Sela, I met Linda Berg, who is a friend of mine, and Linda's at my table. Linda, some of you may know, uh, is the CPA, and she's the former CFO at uh, Methodist Health Systems. So um, thanks for coming. I have saved the group um, for um, last. Some of you in this room may know that uh, Lori, Uh, and a group of us formed a wine and cheese group, and we called it the W-H-I-N-E and Cheese Group, Mm -hmm. and everything was sank to sank. Uh, we would meet probably about every other month at Mark's, and uh, have a little wine and cheese. At any rate, I am so proud that the group is here today, so I'd like to recognize them because um, they were all part of, of Lori's life, and Um, So thank you so much, Judge Lamberty, uh, Judge Gilbride, and uh, former bankruptcy trustee, uh, Trish Fahey. So thanks, thanks my friends, for coming. (laughs) Lori was my classmate. Lori was my friend. Um, In the most recent years, Lori was my federal judge. Uh, but most of all, uh, Lori was a kind person, a giving person, and a role model for each and every one of us. Um, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think of her. Um, when And <clears throat> i got to be careful here because when Dave Summer called to tell me I was getting this award, um, he may not know that. And most people who know me think I'm pretty tough, but I started crying um, because for me getting this award is like getting a hug from worry So I thank each and every one of you, and um, I can't believe, I still can't believe she's gone. So she is so missed and so loved. Thank
9: you so much. Congratulations, Deb. Good afternoon. As a longtime member of the Lawyer Referral Service Committee, and a lawyer who has had the great privilege of learning from and working with Alfred G. Ellick at the Ellick Jones Law Firm. It is my greatest honor to announce the 2022 recipients of the Alfred G. Ellick Lawyer Referral Service Award. The award is presently annually awarded to those attorneys who have been members of the LBA's Lawyer Referral Service for 10 or more years. The award was first presented in 2015, and at that time it was presented to 113 attorneys. That large number is a testament to the strong support the OBA Lawyer Referral Service receives from the members. The award is named in honor of Alfred G. Ellick, who in 1962, during the year of his presidency of the OBA, established the OBA Lawyer Referral Service. Sixty years later, the LRS continues to be a cornerstone of the Omaha Bar Association's commitment to public service to the attorneys and and by attorneys of the OBA. I am pleased to say that Sean Conway, Mallory Hughes, and Steve Ranham, who are receiving the award today, have shown a... Dedication and commitment to the lawyer referral service for 10 years. The Omaha Bar Association is grateful for their long standing association with the service. At this time, I asked Sean Conway, Mallory Hughes, and Steve Ranham, the 2022 recipients of the Alfred Gielick Lawyer Referral Service Award, to come to this area in front of the stage to receive their awards. And please join me in congratulating Sean Mallory and Steve on their accomplishments.
1: All right, we're up to the point now where we're going to introduce our uh, featured speaker for Law Day today. And just a quick personal story that's relevant to this: my my first job out of law school, I went to work for the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission in Washington, D.C. as a cub lawyer and advisory group. And at that time, FERC was in a transition of policy. So every order that FERC issued was getting appealed to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And it got to a point where it was so overwhelming for the solicitor's office, they came back to the advisory lawyers and said, hey, how would you like to write a brief for the D.C. Circuit? And if depending on which panel you get, maybe you get to go do oral arguments. So, you know, we're all in, this is great. So I'm getting advice from the solicitor on how, you know, is there any point of this order that you want me to emphasize or de-emphasize, and the solicitor said, well, one point of advice, write it as though you're writing for an eighth grader, because if an eighth grader can read it, so can the judge from the D.C. Circuit. (laughs) So with that, we thought, okay, let's, you know, usually we have a seasoned lawyer, you know, talking about the relevant point of law for law law day each year, and this year we thought, well, let's go a little different direction. And as you know, each year we send out, uh, you know, the Law Day theme to our eighth grade classes uh, to write an essay. And then, you know, we'll give them an award here at Law Day. And so this year we thought, well, what would it be like to actually get into the mind of an eighth grader from somebody who has to administer those? And our featured speaker today, um, is Rebecca Begley, and she has consistently won, and her students have won this essay throughout the years for the Omaha Bar Association. So we invited Rebecca to come speak to us today, um, and of course, you know, one of her students wins second place in the essay this year, so congratulations on that. And so we invite you to take a journey with us back into the eighth grade classroom and look through the law at the eyes of an eighth grader. Would you, at this point, would you help me uh, welcome Ms. Begley to the podium?
10: Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity today for two reasons. First, to express my gratitude to the audience before me. Without you and the work you do, it would be impossible to teach students the importance of the laws that guide our country. Secondly, to share how as as teachers we show our students the importance of your work and their own role in continuing a democratic society that functions because of our country's adherence to the rule of law. While some of you in this audience couldn't wait to get out of middle school or junior high back in the day, my experience was such that I decided to spend my entire professional life with 13 and 14 year olds. (laughs) I have spent the last 26 years in middle school, willingly. (laughs) During the past 10 years, I have had the privilege of teaching eighth grade students American history. In the course of a school year, it is my responsibility to impart American history from European exploration in the Americas through the period of reconstruction following the Civil War. History, economics, geography, and civics are all, part, uh, are all components of our required state standards. It would seem an overwhelming and daunting task, except it is so much fun. If you haven't spent time with a 14-year-old lately, I encourage you to do so. They are quirky, fun, smart, caring individuals with just the right amount of snark to make you laugh every day you're with them. While I was initially surprised by Mr. Summers' request to have me speak to you and questioned what message I, as a school teacher, could share with you, a group of lawyers and judges, regarding the law, ultimately I decided that when an educator has the opportunity to speak to any group outside our profession, we have to take it and show what we do on a daily basis. And while the prospect of addressing this group at first seemed a hard pass, I've also spoken to groups of teachers. And let me tell you, however this speech goes, you are bound to be a better listening audience than a group of
3: educators. (laughs) When we
10: are with fellow teachers, we are truly a group of do as I say, but not as I do when it comes to listening to a speaker. As I considered how to approach the theme of this year's Law Day toward a more perfect union, the Constitution in Times of Change, I reflected on the importance of students understanding the significance of their role in our government and society, how the students of today are tomorrow's leaders, and how this next generation will carry on the work that you do. While what you do on a daily basis to ensure the rule of law within our country is vitally important, the reality is, is without the next generation being willing to work to preserve our democracy, it will be difficult to keep. But you can't keep a democracy if you don't know what it is. Understanding that we as Americans have a role in the rule of law and the continuation of our nation is an important part of our history class following the state standards regarding history and civics instruction. Knowing that not all Americans hold a shared understanding and appreciation of our government and the laws that govern us, I take my role in the classroom seriously. I'm sure everyone here today has experienced some level of dismay when we realize not everyone, not every American has a basic foundation of the laws that govern our society. Before Jimmy Fallon, if you ever watched The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, you may have wanted to just shut off the TV and go to bed if you watched the jaywalking segment during which time Jay asked random people on the street questions that one should presumably and easily know. Often questions were asked about our government, For example, Jay asked, how many U.S. Senators are there, only to have the response be, 52, because there are 52 states. Yikes. Another response to that question was, too many. While we may or may not find humor in that answer, it's difficult to find humor in the fact that countless people have been asked, what are the three branches of government? Who is the vice president? Or what rights are guaranteed under the First Amendment? only to look dumbfounded as they mentally search for an answer, and ultimately have no response. While we may laugh, it just isn't funny. Knowing that a significant number of Americans struggle with basic knowledge of the foundation of our government and the laws we live by, I want to ensure that my students have a solid understanding. As Americans, we are offered many opportunities, and the rule of law in our country establishes many of those rights. To keep our country and Constitution moving toward that more perfect union, we need to help this next generation of citizens who may or may not choose to join your ranks within the field of law to see beyond this document and to understand their rights and responsibilities within the law and actively work to advance a society that depends on the rule of law. When students come to my classroom, they arrive with a variety of abilities, interests, and backgrounds. Unfortunately, some of that includes an understanding of our government from watching TV shows, movies, and TikTok videos. When we begin our lessons on the framework of our government and the Constitution, I often feel that I should enter the classroom to the tune of the cadence of the Law and Order theme song, for that is where far too much of my students' knowledge comes from regarding the law. At the same time, I have students arrive almost ready for college classes, So how does one teach students with varying abilities, background knowledge, and interest levels? It's all about that last one, whether or not they are interested. My job is not merely to teach students the framework of our government and the foundation of American law, it's to make them realize how important it is to know it and help them see the connections to their own lives and society as a whole. While we as adults may have difficulty fathoming why wouldn't they want to know this? Keep in mind, they are 14 and may be far more interested in the latest trends on TikTok rather than the rule of law. So I thought I would share with you how I attempt to catch their attention and see the relevance of the rule of law as we progress through our understanding of the United States government and Constitution. Approaching history throughout the year cannot be a list of chronological events and dates. Students aren't able to see the relevance of history unless they consider, what is history? Using the model by the Stanford History Education Group, we consider the following when looking for and comparing historical evidence. History is an account of the past. Accounts differ depending on one's perspective. We rely on evidence to construct accounts of the past. We must question the reliability of each piece of evidence, and any single piece of evidence is insufficient to build a plausible account. Following this model, students are better able to formulate their own response and reaction to historical events rather than simply listing them. By creating stronger critical thinkers, we are creating the next generation of Americans, ready to look at the information in front of them and to understand why it happened and how it impacts society both when it took place and today. While this may sound like an easy task, igniting a fire of student interest in American government and law isn't easy. Throughout my years of teaching, I have needed to hone my teacher skills and, quite frankly, tricks to help students get excited about our lessons. My teacher attempt to land somewhere between Miss Frizzle leading her children on adventures while traveling on the magic school bus and Ben Stein's teacher character from Ferris Bueller's Day Off puts me somewhere in the middle of the continuum of can't stop listening to this teacher and would this teacher please stop talking. Accessing primary sources to compare and gather historical evidence to better understand and evaluate history is critical. However, the basic foundation of our government, which allows us to understand the importance of the rule of law, is knowing how our government functions. If students don't understand the three branches of government and how checks and balances work, it's difficult to move forward to grasp the laws stemming from our American government. In order to discern the differences between the three branches, we take We study and take assessments, but we also play games. Who wouldn't want to use a fly swatter to signify which branch of government is being described? Or ring a bell to win a prize to quickly answer questions to review the amendments to the Constitution? One of my favorites is an electoral college game during which students use dice to determine the number of votes they receive in order to secure the electoral college votes in each state. One year, my class was extra exuberant about securing 270 votes first. It sounded like casino night in my classroom. (laughs) It was to the point where the teachers that had classrooms on both sides of me came to complain about the noise. While I was apologetic about the noise and the chaos to my colleagues, my students were incredulous that they would stop our pseudo electoral college in action by telling the other teachers, come on, I just won Florida. Wait till you hear what it sounds like when we get to California! I can almost guarantee that this group of students knew more about how a president is elected in our country than a lot of Americans. In response, one of my coworkers just shook his head and said, if you can get them excited about the Electoral College, then who am I to complain about the noise? While those activities are high energy and can quickly raise the volume in our classroom, My favorite activity is one entitled, You Be the Judge, during which students are provided with information from famous court cases in order to determine whether or not they believe they had a right within a court of law. They have to support why they feel this person does or does not have a right given the circumstances and defend their reasoning. Students using their knowledge of the Bill of Rights to prove their point demonstrates their ability to think critically about the law. When they hear the actual verdict, they often feel justified in their answer or curious about the reasoning behind the ruling. My goal as a teacher is that the critical thinking skills they use, as well as the fun and games that students participate in my classroom, eventually evolves into them realizing the importance of participating in our government and society, to really demonstrate the rule of law and the Constitution in their daily lives. While our class participates in service learning opportunities throughout the school year to make a difference within our community, when I see students taking an interest in civic opportunities and organizations outside of school, I know that they really understand their responsibilities as American citizens as they work to improve the lives of others. From participating in a women's march, to volunteering as Salvation Army bell ringers, to traveling across the world to join in mission work to make a difference, my students understand that civic instruction does not end in our classroom. It is their responsibility to work together to build a stronger community. Teaching the Constitution this year provided a new level of interest for me and my ability to bring relevant court cases in my classroom. Currently, I'm pursuing a second master's degree in educational leadership in order to eventually work as a principal. This fall, one of my grad classes included school law. To be able to share the cases I was studying with my students and their relevance to my role as a teacher and a hopeful administrator further validated the importance of having an understanding of the law as you'll be using it throughout your life for both personal and professional reasons. I thank you for listening today. Like I assured you at the start of my speech, you were a much better audience than my colleagues. (laughs) As I leave you today, I will share my passion for teaching the United States Constitution and the rule of law is best summed up by one of our greatest American presidents, Abraham Lincoln, who said, let reverence for the laws be breathed by every American mother to the lisping babe that prattles on her lap. Let it be taught in schools, in seminaries, and in colleges, Let it be written in primers, spelling books, and almanacs. Let it be preached from the pulpit, proclaimed in the legislative halls, and enforced in the courts of justice. Thank you.
0: Please don't forget that this lunch has been approved for one hour of CLE, so make sure you've signed in. Your code is in the back of the program today. Um, our next large event for OBA will be the memorial service on May 20th at 11:30 p or a.m. excuse me in the legislative chamber and then June 2nd we'll be doing a riverboat cruise on the River City Star for anyone who may be interested and with that we are officially adjourned thank you all for attending and happy law day 2022